You're listening to Shift, Human First Financial Guidance with Ross Marino. Today, we are shifting the conversation with Brendan Frazier, host of The Human Side of Money, one of my favorite and in my unbiased, not exactly true opinion, one of the best podcasts for financial advisors out there. Hello, Brendan. Hey, Ross. Uh, somebody enlightened me last night in a Twitter exchange that bias is just another word for passion. Or if you're biased, it just means that you're passionate. And I told him, thank you so much. It makes me feel a lot better knowing that. G- giving me the permission to say, I guess I'm not just biased. I'm, I'm passionate. And apparently my world is filled with cognitive passions. So I'll have to work on some of those. <laughs> so uh, t- yeah, today we're going to talk about uh, your your mastermind group and and how you approach certain problems. And you know, we we have some case studies that we're going to be doing at Shift at our conference, and a lot of them are, are going to be how do we shift the conversation in these types of scenarios. And I know this is what you guys do in the mastermind group. So I'd love to do kind of a, a, a live, maybe a, you know, play action here where we talk about what a case study is, what we would talk about throw it out to you and then just see where you would go with it. You think we can do that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been one of the coolest things that, that I've done over the last year is be able to get a, a bunch of like-minded, top-notch advisors that are focused on the shift, focused on the human side in a room together, virtually, but be, it, at the conference, we can do it in person, virtually and talk through and brainstorm how we go about uh, responding to what somebody says. How do you go about addressing this question. Hey, if I've got this scenario, how do, what do, what do I do here? Like, I know technically speaking, like I know how to uh, fully fund uh, an IRA. I know how to do a Roth conversion, but like, how do I go about having some of these conversations? What do I need to know? Cause truth be told, right. Like we know how important this stuff is, but it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it. And there's no better way to do it and learn than to be in a group and immersed with other people that are trying to solve it together. So it's been, Unexpectedly, maybe the most the most rewarding thing I've done this year is be able to like, facilitate and bring these conversations to life with a group of people that are focused on it and, and motivated to, to brainstorm and collaborate together. Well, let's start with case study number one. We'll actually have this case in many of the sessions at Shift. Uh, it, it comes straight out of our book, Shaping Change, that Susan Bradley and I wrote. And here's a situation. It's one of the early scenes in, in one of the, the early chapters. Two characters, Robert and Marie, they're about five years from retirement. Robert's working and he's been maxing out his 401k. Marie handles all the money and Marie knows as long as we can do this for four, five, maybe six more years, we're good. We're going to be able to retire. So they're looking forward to that. But then all of a sudden, Robert loses his job. And here he is in his early 60s, doesn't know if he's going to get another job. Marie knows if we don't actually max out the 401ks, I don't know if we're going to be able to retire. And they come into an advisor as a prospect. And the question is, well, I lost my job. I don't know when I'm actually going to get another job out there. So should I cash in my life insurance policy so I have some cash on hand in case this goes on for a while? You know, how would you approach that? Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing we do is we just open it up with that exact question to everybody and, and just say, hey, how would you approach that? And it's and obviously the goal is to be as open and honest and transparent and, and also vulnerable as possible. And then when you hear how somebody would approach it, you're not you're not thinking through how I would approach it. You hear how somebody else is doing it. You can sit back and play armchair quarterback and start hearing the things that that, that are being said that you go, you know, I would normally do that. And that's probably not 
the best way to go about that situation. Right. And so that's the cool part about being in the group dynamic in role, not role playing, but like taking actual scenarios and processing through it together. So ultimately when we're in the group, we're always trying to hammer home the, the, some of the key points that we talk about around the human side of advice. And so one thing I think it's important to note is taking taking note of the dynamic that you need to have in that meeting, in that conversation, when you get asked a specific question like should i cash in my life insurance policy policy so i have more cash on hand so i most 99 times out of 100 the natural instinct and in fact what's actually going to happen is your first the instinct is going to be to tell them either answer yes or no or say you know what that's a good question we'll get to that let me ask you a few other questions first and that's not bad right i think that's good but i think what we need to first go back to is saying hey what an opportunity this is to not just answer this question to not just show off my knowledge and my expertise about how to evaluate the cashing in of a life insurance policy. But this is a pretty rare, unique, great opportunity to build the type of relationship that you want to have. It's these types of moments at the beginning of a relationship that set the trajectory for how the rest of the relationship's going to go. So if in that conversation they say, Hey, I, I'm just wondering, um, do I, should I cash in this life insurance policy? And the first thing you do is answer the question and tell them what they should or shouldn't do. What you're doing is answering the question, which isn't bad, but you're not, you're dismissing, you're not acknowledging all the thoughts, uh, the feelings and the emotions that are behind it. Now, in the you just laid out the scenario for us where you told us what they were, what they were feeling like they're five years from retirement um marie's like says hey if we can get there we'll be good to go that's great can't wait for that to happen but if this is a true prospect like out of the gate you may not know those things yet right and so the idea isn't to tell them what to do but what it, but to embrace the opportunity to connect in a way uh that builds trust that signals to them right out of the gate hey in our denied dynamic in our relationship i'm here and what's most important is is taking care of you it's all about you it's not about me and so one of the topics that's come up over and over again that I was a big believer in and have only become a bigger believer in as time goes on is this idea of the dynamic being not, we're not financial advisors. We're not there to give advice. We're not the hero of the story. The client's the hero, the advisor, our role, our dynamic should be to be the guide or the collaborator or the facilitator. So if they ask that question, should I cash in my life insurance policy? If, it, if you answer, if you, if your natural reaction of what you do is you go and you answer that question, you say, yeah, you know, probably not. That's probably not a good idea. We're going to look at it. Uh, or if you go and say, yeah, you know, that's a pretty good idea. We'll look at all the options, but I think we might end up, uh, end up doing that. If you're answering the question, you're trying to be the hero, right? And I get it. Natural tendency. Hey, I have a problem. I need you to solve it. Okay, great. Perfect. I'll solve it. Well, you're making yourself the hero instead of the guy. So we need to shift and say, Hey, it's not about diagnosing the problem and prescribing the solution. It's about diagnosing the problem, understanding what the problem is, and then having a discussion with the client to see what they think is best, arming them with the information they need to make the best decision, and then deciding with them alongside them what the best decision is for their situation. So that's the first thing I would say is reminding ourselves of the dynamic that's at play. You're not the hero. You're there to be the guide, arming them the information that they need. The second thing, though, I think is just equally important in an area where a lot of people tend to go wrong, and I guess I'll call it wrong, the mistake that most of us have made at some point in time is we focus too much on what's being said, what the question is, the words that are coming out of their mouth. We don't focus near enough on why they're saying it. 
And this is one of those times where it's a, just a, it's a, a unique, great opportunity to embrace it with empathy and to ask, like, not just focus on the, what's said, but why they're saying it, not just fix the problem, but feel it. Cause I think a lot of times that's what people want is to be heard. And they want to, actually, I don't think I know at, the, at our, at our very core, it's a fundamental desire to be heard and to be understood. So sure. They, he may be asking, should I cash in this policy? So I have more cash on hand, but, but why is he asking that? Well, he's probably asking it because he's worried. He's afraid. He's scared, right? He does, or Marie is on him every single day of the week saying, hey, you got to get another job. You got to get another job. We don't have the cash flow. We want to retire. So, and so he's just wondering like, hey, I, I'm kind of worried. I'm nervous. I don't know when I'm going to get another job. My wife's on me. I, I, is this a way to get cash flow? And so we, like, before answering the question, we want to understand not what they're saying, but why they're saying it. Uh, and that's where you get the opportunity to develop a real trust and connection to make them feel heard and understood because you're going you're going to the next level to understand why they're saying it. And so as you're thinking through why is somebody asking these questions, I, I always try to boil it down and keep it simple by saying, hey, ultimately, all that anybody ever wants at the end of the day, if you want to keep it simple, is they want to, they want their money to maximize the life that they live during the day and the amount of sleep that they get at night. Or maybe another way to say it, if you want to make it even simpler, is everybody's just asking the question, am I going to be okay? Right? Are we going to be Okay, my, we, he lost his job. We thought we were going to retire in five years. I know we needed to keep maxing out these retirement plans to do it. And you even alluded to it in the, in the prelude and the as you set the scene, she was ultimately wondering, like, is this going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? And so you do that. How, how do you do that? How do you go down that path? How do you understand why they're saying it? How do you embrace with empathy instead of becoming the hero? Well, you do it by first and foremost being curious and asking questions, right? So when, when somebody says, uh, sh when they ask the question, should I cash in this policy so I can have more, more cash on hand, instead of just answering the question, take what they said and get some clarification and just say, yeah, I, I, that could be a good option. I'm kind of curious what brought that up. What may, or what made you, what do you think that would do? Or, um, you know, that, that's a, that's a really good question. That's one of our options. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering what made you ask that or what made you think about the life insurance policy? Well, uh, yeah, I just know that's one of our options. I know that's where we have some cash stored up. And if I can get some cash out, then and that maybe that'll help us um, survive in the meantime. Okay, great. It's think, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, I'm curious, what do you mean by survive in the meantime? Well, you know, Marie, she's been de dead set on retiring in five years. And what I, and I guess she's getting concerned. She's worried. She's not sure if that's going to, if we're going to be able to do that anymore. And so by survive in the meantime, I just mean like, until I get a job, can we do this? Is this a, a good option for us? Okay. All right. Great. So if, if I'm hearing you right, it sounds to me like you guys are really worried about how this is going to impact our long-term plan of retiring in five years. Boom. Right. You're not talking about what the question was. You're talk, asking, talking about why they why they said it. They didn't say it because they literally want to know about the dollars and cents. They want to know, are we going to be OK? And is this going to impact our five year plan and vision that we're so excited about? And as soon as you acknowledge their emotion, as soon as you label that form and, and help them uncover what it is that they're feeling. Just so you know, most people don't do like you don't even do this with your best friends. You've got to, I mean, you've got to, that prospects most likely to become a client because they walk away going, man. Ross really gets me. I feel heard and I feel understood. And now it just so happens you've got the financial chops. You've got the technical knowledge to back it up and help them evaluate whether that's a good decision or not. 
right? But, but it's this idea of, hey, don't just settle for what's said, explore why they said it. And you do that by continuing to ask questions and following up to get at the heart of the matter. Now, here's the a second piece to that. After you, ask, after you ask great questions, if you're not doing a good job truly listening to what they're saying, then your questions pretty much don't matter. A great question without listening is no longer a great question. So when, you're, when you ask the question um, <clears throat> about what, what brought that up, you've got to listen and not just listen, but you've got to listen intently to the words and the emotions that are behind it. So I'll stop there for a second. Cause that was kind of a lot, but I think it, it's, this is one of those deals where you go, Hey, like that's a lot. And I understand that, but it's these things that we don't tend to think about in communication that make all the difference that take up, that make a prospect become a client and become a client for life. Cause it, again, all everybody wants to know is that they they feel heard and understood. And that it's a great way to explain what happens inside of a mastermind group um, I have a presentation that I do that that hits on a couple of the points you brought up, and it's much simpler because, well, that's how I roll. So I like to keep it as simple as possible. And what I would key in is is you you asked about the history of that life insurance policy, and one of the most powerful questions you can ask someone is, paraphrased, "How'd you get here?" It's for them to tell you their story, and I could respond to. Uh, that insurance policy. I could talk about the particulars of it. I may even say something like internal rate of return if I'm just losing my mind at that moment, right? And do something real financial driven that has no value to this person who's actually worried. But when I ask, you know, how'd you get this policy? How'd you get to this point? You're going to get so much information from that because at that moment, if I ask that question, if I just met Robert and Marie and I do this in the presentation, that's when Marie actually pipes up because she's the one who makes all the decisions. And I may not know that because Robert led off because he's the one who's nervous and he's the one who's thinking, I got to cash this thing in. So I may make an error by actually talking with Robert and it may not dawn on me right up front that Marie actually makes these decisions. But when you ask, what's your story? How'd you get here? All of a sudden, all this information comes in. And then the second way that I do it, it's just, I give two questions and two ways to do this in a very simple presentation is also what you hit on. And that's, how are you feeling? Because whatever decision, whatever thoughts a person shares in front of us, they all start with the emotion. And as long as you touch on that, you can do that. And I think in, in a group setting, it's so cool because different advisors will talk about that. And, and of course, we also get to chuckle because someone will say, well, I might respond this way to that person. And I get to laugh thinking, you might do that. I've actually done that. Does not work. Right. So it's very entertaining when you hear somebody say, oh, gee, I, I should never say that. I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> wish yeah. I met you 20 years ago and I was in a group with you. <laughs> but but we all go through it. So it's it's a wonderful dynamic to do that. Let's take one other scenario. This well, one's hang on, very hang on, I gotta I gotta add something? To that, I, I gotta add to that real quick because sure. you have my mind going in a bunch of different directions. But I think like the at, at the core, the name of the game at the core of what you just did was you resisted the urge to answer the question directly you resisted the urge to give advice right and you did what we said which is one of the key things you do in that situation is ask is asking questions right like that's to explore more because what questions do is it elicits information like you said the, the information like hey uh, i may have never known that marie was the one who makes all the decisions and so when you hear when you hear people say information is power i mean i don't know that there's more of a that there's a truer statement out there the more information you have the more information you're armed with the better you can help them make decisions the better you can like tailor your advice and your services to what they need right so how do you get better information well you 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 ask better questions and so what's cool about so that that principle but based on what we both said that was alive and well in both examples 
the thing that's great about uh, doing it in a group setting is kind of what we just saw here, where we know that the principles there to, hey, don't just resist the urge to answer ask better questions. I had a, a way that, that in my mind, I would take it. You just offered it a different way to take it. So now we're doing what the, what's most powerful, which is hearing different ways to approach it, right? Now we're kind of playing it out together collaboratively and saying, okay, how would you do it? Here's how I would do it. And we can come to, we can take what works. We can take what we like and, and come to something where we go, hey, all right, cool. Cause I would have never even thought in that example um, to ask, how'd you get here? Right. But hearing you say it, I get the benefit. I hear, I hear why you'd ask that. I, I see why you'd ask that and the benefit of asking it. Uh, and so now that's on my radar. Right. And so I think that was just a small little glimpse into the power of doing it in, in a group setting. Yeah. I love that you mentioned about this is what is instinctive to us. We're all tempted to do that. Uh, I, I struggle with it. All advisors struggle with it. If you're a classically trained financial planner, when they ask a question, the answers pop into my mind or five or six yeah. follow-up questions that are probably financial planning driven. They're not human first or they're not the human side of advice. And, yeah. and I know yeah. people that may actually do that. And that's great. I, I'm, I envy those people. I mean, that's great that their brain actually goes there first. That's not my default thought process. I think here, you know, question, answer, financial planning, I have to stop. I have to shift the conversation. Hearing that in a group, it's got to be so helpful for people. Well, yeah, I mean, to give a specific example, like somebody asks, hey, should I cash in my life insurance policy? Like, I mean, one of the natural follow-up financial questions is like, okay, well, how much cash value is in there? What are the details of it? Like, let's see, how much money do you have in savings right now? Like, uh, what it's saying, right? You already had a ninety percent probability of success. To retire. And like, guess what doesn't resonate with somebody right out of the gate? They've never met you before. It is going to? I mean, I guess you would know probability of success if it's a prospect. But these principles they don't just apply to prospective clients, right? They apply to clients as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, see, the natural tendency would be to ask, okay, well, I mean, how much do you have in savings now? Uh, let's look at uh, the details of that policy. How much is it? How much cash value do you have? Uh, what, would, what, would the, what would the penalty be to walk away with it, if any, right? Was, that's kind of where your mind goes from a number standpoint, which is why one of the things that I, I've realized, I didn't know this at, uh, 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 right out of the gate, but over time, one of the things that's, that I've realized is that the biggest difference maker in terms of how to have these better conversations and, and ask the right kinds of questions, ask better questions to have a better conversation, build more trust, build more um, connection, get people to open up and feel heard and understood is it's basically just a mindset that you have to get into going into the meeting. I mean, that's literally the key difference is it's not, um, it's not just walking in hoping that you do a better job, but it's reminding yourself when you go in, like, hey, just remember, I'm here not, I'm not here to be the the hero. I'm here to be the guide, to facilitate, to collaborate, to ask questions, and really listen to what they're saying. And everybody wants to know, like, oh, okay, okay, I want to be an active listener. Right? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit back. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna nod my head, try to mirror their their body, their body language, and and those aren't those aren't ineffective, right? But what we found to be the most effective way to do that is not like what you do in the meeting. It's the mindset that you're in beforehand. That's great advice. Shifting the conversation is going to, I think, take a lot of us, like myself, the rest of my career. Um, I, I, yeah, Maybe there's people that just master this right off the bat. I, I think it's something that I will have to work on endlessly. I don't, I don't know how you feel about it. I've never met anybody that mastered it right off the bat. Doesn't mean they don't exist. In fact, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this and you did... <laughs> Please let us know. Reach out right away. Yeah, you, you, we want to know. Yeah, it, it is. It, it takes a while. But uh, if you think about that skill set and that mindset, it's uh, 
it's the same thing if you're speaking with your spouse, if you're speaking with your children. Uh, I, I try to do the same thing. Uh, still a work in progress. Uh, I, I think I'm on 30, actually, I totally blanked, 30 some years of marriage, 30, 31 years of marriage. So uh, I've still got time and I'm getting better each year. So yeah, eventually yeah. maybe I'll, I'll get to that point where I can say, well, this is instinctive to me, but not quite there yet, but we'll get well, there. It's, it's funny you say that because one of the funniest things about this is that through all the masterclasses, inevitably, every time multiple people will say, hey, this has been like, this has been kind of fun. So I've been trying it with my spouse and with my kids. And it's amazing because we'll talk about like we'll go through exercises on uh, how to listen better, like what to listen for, how to ask better questions. So we practice it and then they go practice it at home and they're like, it's amazing. My teenagers are actually opening up at dinner. And so it's just, it's really funny how, how often you hear that, but it's also rewarding too, where you realize like, wait a minute, this is like, yes, it's a, it's a skill that we use to not only like help clients and enhance their outcomes to grow our business, but it's something that like improves relationships in life. And so I know that's not, that's not why we're here, not what we're talking about, but it's been one of the cool unexpected things of doing this is that feedback people being like, yeah, I got my teenager to open up and talk to me at dinner. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, I appreciate the work that you do. Love the podcast. Love the guests that you have on there. Look forward to seeing you at Shift. Brendan Frazier, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Can't wait for the conference. Thank you for listening to Shift with Ross Marino. Please visit humanfirst.live to learn more. This show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results.